Well, it's good to be uh, with you all this morning. Uh, you look beautiful. Uh, last Sunday in June here as we uh, transition into uh, another month. Who's ready for the hot months in Florida to be over? It's, uh, it's a little bit. It's getting hot out there. We want to thank you for coming and just being a part of all that the Lord is doing. Uh, there's so many tremendous things that are happening uh, throughout the week with different families and uh, just excited to uh, be a part of all that God is doing. If you have in your Bibles, would you turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to get into uh, the Word this morning and share a little bit about uh, what's uh, been on my heart. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I'm uh, finishing out my uh, travel schedule uh, this year and uh, starting next year we'll be home uh, quite a bit more and uh, just looking forward to uh, just all that the Lord is doing. Uh, we are having our baby. Uh, the due date is one month from today and we are closing on our new house on Tuesday. And so uh, I was talking with Barry the other day about how many transitions the Johnson family always has. And he said, you live in transition. It's just not one to the next. It's just a continual state of transition. So we're feeling it personally and corporately. A lot of new things that God is doing. Uh, but we're definitely excited and uh, just can't wait to see uh, what the future holds. So as soon as we found out it was a girl, I said, oh, another wedding to pay for. And so uh, I have lots of weddings. Well, Matthew chapter 6 here, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. I want to share a little bit about what I'm uh, seeing uh, happen around the United States and the world. Uh, I do know that I carry maybe a little bit of a different perspective, uh, having the opportunity to preach in about 40 uh, churches and conferences a year uh, on the West Coast, the East Coast, the South, up in Canada, different parts of the world, and I'm carrying a perspective prophetically of what's happening, and I believe what God is doing here in Lakeland is just simply a part of what God is doing around the globe. And that's something that I take encouragement in, that the rumblings and the desires of our heart, what's happening here in this city and in this county, we're just getting an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing uh, around the world. Uh, I'm grateful to be among a people that aren't settling for what I would call Sunday morning Christianity. Aren't you so grateful that there's more than raising a family and retiring? Aren't you so grateful that there's more than raising a family, working a job in retirement? Um, I, I hate to let you know, but the answer uh, to all, uh, mainly in large part, a lot of our millennials and young people no longer returning to church, no longer serving the Lord. Um, the answer to helping them is not retiring. It's actually called refiring. Uh, we actually need moms and dads that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s that are ready to take on the Caleb anointing, uh, who are recognizing that your best years are ahead of you, not behind you. And so uh, we're trying to create a culture here at Heart of the Father, where there's a hunger and there's a desire for more. Whatever that, that more looks like, for me it's the call on your life. How do we help you to impact the sphere of influence that God has called you to walk in? 
Uh, how do we raise up uh, healthy marriages and family and actually call that revival? Revival is more than just extended meetings where we all get drunk in the spirit and the same people get saved the 50th time. I believe revival is healthy marriages, healthy children serving the Lord. We want to build our foundation right here. We want to make it strong. There's a glory that God sends to regions and churches and individuals and that glory is meant to bless people. But if there's a crack in your character, what God originally sent to bless you will actually crush you. There is a glory, there's a wave of revival, there's a move of God that He wants to send to heart of the Father. He wants to send to America. He wants to send to the nations of the earth. How many of you are hungry for a touch of God? A more of the Lord, a stepping into His power and glory. He wants to do it. He wants to send it. He wants to pour out His Spirit in the public place, but our ability to steward a corporate move of God will be found in our ability to steward our private life. The power, the anointing, the breakthrough, the favor, what we want to see people, what we want to see, what we want people to see on the outside, we've got to win and take victory on on the inside. So what I believe is if we will build healthy marriages, if we will raise up our kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, if we will do relationship, if we will walk in humility toward one another, when God pours out His Spirit, it won't actually destroy this place. Listen, I'm looking for more than a six-week move of God. I'm looking for more than a six-month move of God. I'm looking for a sustained move of God passed down from generation to generation. And I believe the Lord is redefining what it means to walk in a move of God. So here this morning in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to begin reading the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to talk this morning about holiness in repentance, if you know me, that's no surprise. But I want to share a little bit about what I'm seeing happen in the earth and what I believe the Lord wants to bring a full manifestation of even here. So Matthew chapter 6, red letter edition, Jesus here in verse 8, Matthew 6, 8. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. How many of us are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? We could probably quote it in our sleep. I believe one of the things that God is doing in this generation is He has found a people who have dared to pray this prayer. And I think specifically what people are praying is this. On earth as it is in heaven. 
Now, don't pray this prayer if you want normal Christianity. If you're good with working a job, checking in on Sunday, and checking out on Monday, don't pray this prayer. But to a people that are hungry to step into the divine design that God has called them to walk in, I believe that there's a generation that's saying, on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, whatever realities are in heaven, we want on earth. Whatever is happening in heaven, we want to begin to pull them down on the earth, but let us also recognize in Christ we are seated in heavenly places. So the question that we should not be asking is, how much can I live like the world when I'm on the earth and still getting to heaven? That's a lukewarm Christian. How, 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 how much can I stand in the church and stand in the world and still barely get into heaven? In other words, salvation is more than fire insurance. It's more than just I get saved and I'll hold on and I'll have a family and a great life and I'll just make it into heaven into the pearly gates. That's mediocre, lukewarm Christianity. How much can I enjoy life and still make it into heaven? I believe there's a cry that the Lord is releasing in the earth that goes something like this. How much of heaven can I have while I'm still on the earth? How much can I refuse to settle for mediocre, lukewarm Christianity? How much can I hunger? How much can I thirst? Is there anyone out there that can actually give me permission to burn for Jesus Christ with all that I have? Is there a remnant, is there a generation of church leaders that will rise that will actually stoke the fire of the next generation rather than put it out? See, the church has become a place, unfortunately, because we're controlled by a religious spirit where we pour water on fire rather than stoke it. And we give people permission to yell and scream and get crazy at basketball games and football games and the World Cup. Listen, they kicked a stupid ball into a goal and 100,000 people are yelling their heads off. And yet we get offended on a Sunday morning when someone starts stepping into that next dimension of heaven. And we want to make fun of them. Who's awake this morning? We want to make fun of them and we want to make fun of their dance because we don't understand their deliverance and so the Lord is releasing fire but it's just not fire that I fall down in an altar and say oh that was a great two-minute experience no the fire that God is releasing is going to address your marriage the fire that God is releasing is going to address the personal sin in your life. See, it's a lifestyle. It's a passing down to the generations. And I believe that there's holy hunger that the Lord is stirring up, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. I just don't want to send all the hungry people out on the street because we don't know what to do with them in here. I think that's what the church did. 
Oh yeah, we believe in the supernatural, just do it out there. Don't do that in here because people will become offended. I'm here to tell you this whole new movement on, on earth as it is in heaven, we're just going to have to let the pot roast burn. Why would you schedule a, I'm going to get in trouble. Why would you schedule a lunch appointment at 1215 when you know we get out of church at noon? What if that 15 minutes was your day of encounter? I'm sorry, God, I'm not available because I have to go eat food. Listen, there's a place of encounter where you will lose your appetite for the things of this world and you will begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Is anyone awake in Lakeland, Florida? I'm telling you, we are going somewhere. We are going to begin to take territory. We are going to begin to see the kingdom of God fully manifested in this city. And we will see the prophecies and the promises that God has spoken be fulfilled. But a lot of us have to continue to settle. We're not doing normal at this church. People are not going to last long that just want to come in and get stroked because here they're going to get provoked. People are not going to be able to come here and just hide out and just live off of somebody's fire because here you won't last long unless you get your own fire. But what he's doing here and what he wants to do here, he's literally releasing all over the earth. So there's a place in Redding, California called Bethel. Anybody familiar with it? Bethel in Redding, California. They're a movement that has dared to pray this prayer on earth as it is in heaven. And so they began to think, what's happening in heaven that's not happening here on earth? And they got a revelation, signs, wonders, and miracles. The supernatural of God. If there's no sickness and disease in heaven, and we pray this prayer on earth as it is in heaven, we've got to begin to step into a next dimension. And for them, they've done it through their identity. Who we are in him. I'm not a victim, I'm a victor. We believe in the healing power of Jesus. And so I've been blessed to go there many times. And the thing about Bethel that's interesting is this. You can show up on a Saturday morning and there will be about 400 people waiting outside the church. Saturday morning, 8 a.m., 400 people ready to be prayed for healing. Who thinks that's pretty amazing? Here's what's more amazing. There are 500 people inside ready to pray for their healing. That doesn't sound like normal to me. But yet it's normal in heaven. And so they're seeing the supernatural power of God heal cancer. Listen, saints, just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean it's not happening. I feel like some people need to be told there are a lot of people out there that love Jesus more than you. You're a big fish in a little pond and there's a very big pond out there. I thank God for seasons in my life where I thought I was burning and I got around somebody that was really burning and I felt like a flickering wick. 
See, but your flesh, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, your flesh wants to drive those people out. You want to gather mediocre people around you so you can stay mediocre rather than recognizing if I want the fire, I got to get around the fire and then one day I'm going to get my own fire. And as I get my own fire, other people are going to get around my fire and then they're going to get their own fire and then it's going to multiply. It's called discipleship. Lord, send us friends that are going to make us angry. Lord, send us friends that are going to make us feel unsaved. All right, young people, send me a spouse. Oh, hallelujah. Now we're going back to that revival. Revival is submitting to your husband. Revival is, see, you don't get anything on that. Revival is husbands love your wife. See, everybody cheers for that, but we don't want to do this. See, now I'm meddling. We just want to, no, we want, we want it all. We, we want everything. But we're in a fight. We're in a battle. There's something that's beginning to be birthed in the earth. And it's this hunger for on earth as it is in heaven. And so this way that's hit Reading has hit all over the earth. There are signs, wonders. There's more of an acceptance of the supernatural power of God all over the earth than ever before. And it's glorious and we're just stepping into it. And then you have a movement IHOP, not the pancakes. Mike Bickle in Kansas City. How many of you have ever been to IHOP? You got to go. I've been about 25 times in my life. Mike Bickle got a revelation about on earth as it is in heaven. What's going on up there? 24-7 prayer and worship. There are four creatures and 24 elders around the throne and day and night, night and day. And so they literally, for the last over 10 years, night and day, without ceasing, there's continual prayer and worship. How many of you know you don't do that by duty and obligation? That's a divine mandate where people get hit. Where they literally get rocked. I don't know what kind of lingo. Where they literally get so obsessed and possessed by the worthiness of Jesus Christ that they are willing to waste their life on Jesus. And today there are more houses of prayer in the world than ever before. Night and day, day and night. Saints, we're doing it here. Many people don't know we have literally weekly prayer meetings, worship meetings. You know, honestly, where the fire is hottest at our church right now is in that youth room. I go sitting there on Sunday, uh, uh, Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. and I'm like, fuego Dios. The fire of God is found in the secret place. If you're not on fire for Jesus Christ, it's not because the church you attend isn't. It's because your personal life with Jesus isn't. Personal revival leads to corporate revival. So Lord, release the fire in me. So around the globe, I want you to track with me. On earth as it is in heaven, this generation that has dared to pray a most dangerous prayer, and I believe God loves it. 
I believe he's going to teach us how to pray it even more so here at Heart of the Father. So we've got the supernatural, the power of God, prophecy. We've got prayer. We've got worship. But the Lord has begun to speak to me prophetically about a third or a three-chord strand that cannot be broken. There is a third chord strand that cannot be broken that I believe the Lord is about to release in the earth. I believe in many of the charismatic Pentecostal movements, people are good with the power of God. Manifestations, holy drunkenness, I mean, whatever you want, miracles, we've got people that are good, there's a worship movement going on in the earth, I mean, a lot of these different groups, that's all good, but here's the third chord strand that's also in heaven that I believe God is going to release to the earth. Are you ready? It's called holiness. There are 24 elders and four living creatures, and day and night, night and day, they're crying out, grace, grace, grace. Love, love, love. See, the scary thing is, one of the primary messages that you're not hearing in the church these days, holiness, is all they want to talk about in heaven. It is astounding to me how much in the charismatic Pentecostal movement we have bred a generation that's all about the power of God, all about prayer and worship, but the moment you start preaching repentance, it's like the air is sucked out of the room. And I can tell you as someone who actually does this, can I tell you when I go into a conference in different places of the world, let's say a national conference that I do every year, I know for a fact if I will go in there and preach a message that everyone likes, if I'll personally prophesy over many people, if it's encouraging, if it's uplifting, the love offering is amazing. It's a, it's a blessing. But do you know that if I will go into a place and preach holiness and repentance, I barely have enough gas money to get back? We did a conference two years ago, prophetic training, several hundred people. The first night we taught prophetic activation. Basically, this is how you do the stuff. Amen, go do it. First night, jam-packed, not a seat in the sanctuary. The, at the end of that night, it was advertised, we're going to teach on personal holiness and how to steward the gifts that God has given you. Did you know only 20 people showed up the next morning? We have literally bred a generation that has disconnected holiness from the supernatural, something you will never find in the life of Jesus. Well, brother, David sinned against Bathsheba. Can we just be real for a moment? The sin in the Bible is not meant for you to excuse your own. We are new creations. The old is past, the new has come. Saints, it's terrible. It's almost like we have accepted it like a package deal. An anointed man or woman of God, and their marriage is probably a wreck. 
They're probably stealing the church finances. They probably have some secret sin. We need to utterly reject that in this generation. The Lord is going to raise up messengers who have character that matches the anointing upon their life. We don't need any more train wrecks in the body of Christ. We don't need any more moves of God where he sent his glory that was intended to bless a group of people. And because they had issues in their character, what was meant to bless them actually crushed them. Welcome to Lakeland. No, really, do you know how many people in this city and in this county have been burned by a move of God? Do you know how many people in this county no longer even go to church because they are so familiar with the power and supernatural, yet the man or woman behind the scenes is compromised? The Lord is doing something new. He's removing the reproach off of Lakeland. There's this real, there's a literal spirit of shame that has rested upon this county because of past moves of God. And the Lord is about to raise up a generation of people that will say no to status quo, that will begin to cry out on earth as it is in heaven and begin to cultivate not only an inner life, but recognize the power of my exterior life is found in my interior life. In other words, we can't want to fight Goliath and we've never fought a lion and a bear. There are people in this room, they want the platform. They want the microphone. They want their turn, but there's secret issues on the inside. And I want to prophesy to you, if that's you, if you're gifted, if you're talented, if you've got a word to say, if there's something wrong with the character, the very spotlight that you want that will shine, that spotlight will actually expose you. It will be the end of you. See, I'm asking the Lord, where are the fathers in this generation that are not going to give keys to 13-year-olds? I'm convinced in this generation we need fathers that are going to look at a bunch of gifted, talented young people and say, sit down. I love you more than what you carry. I care more about your marriage. I care more about your personal life than using you to be the next church performer. And when you burn out and flake out and flop out, we'll just get the next guy. It's over. It's over in this generation. There's healthy marriages. There's children serving the Lord. There's character that matches anointing. We have never seen it yet. We've seen it in the Lord Jesus. He modeled a perfect life. He became sin, though he was without sin. But saints, can we believe for more? Can we believe for more that the Lord would raise up the most powerful, the most anointed, the most zealous, the most passionate? I mean, I'm dreaming, I'm believing they're going to come here. But I'm dreaming and believing that we are going to be able to deliver people from their need to be in ministry before they're ever in ministry. 
that we would raise up messengers that would refuse to find their identity in ministry and learn how to find their identity in Christ. I feel destiny on this house. I, I feel an anointing. It's just not here. Saints, he's doing it all across the earth. The Lord told me a couple of weeks ago in an encounter that I had, he said there are going to be two churches that are going to rise in these last days. And I know this is strong language. The Lord said, one, you're going to see a harlot church rise that will marry itself to the world. We're going to see the rise of churches and movements who literally look no different than the world around them. They will completely blend in. You'll walk in and think it's the club. You'll walk in and see no, tra it's, they're just petting sin. It's behavior modification. We're just, it's a lethargy and an apathy. And a, we're going to see that rise. But the Lord also said this to me. I'm raising up an army who will marry itself to the man of war. There's a man of war coming. Many know the lamb who went to Calvary, but few know the lion who's returning to devour his father's enemies. I'm talking about burning ones. I'm talking about firebrands. I'm talking about men and women that will do anything to pull a generation up out of the pits of hell. I'm talking about a generation that will trumpet the end-time judgments of the Lord. I'm talking about the fire. We just haven't, I'm just excited. I don't know how you're receiving this, but I woke up this morning. I was here till 2 a.m. I'm just like, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not here to grow a church. We're here to make disciples. And we can all be a part of it. Because you know at the heart of this coming move of God is mothering and fathering. It's the Malachi 4, 5, and 6. It's fathers giving back to sons. Sons giving back to fathers. Mothers giving back to daughters. It's family. It's family. If you're still breathing, say amen. amen. All right, verse 9, quickly. Verse 9. All right, so a generation has dared to pray this prayer on earth as it is in heaven. I believe we're seeing the power of God, signs and wonders, prophecy. I believe we're seeing prayer and worship. But there's a third chord strand where in the charismatic Pentecostal movement, we're going to begin to see the power. We're going to begin to see prayer and worship. But we need a realm of holiness and private devotion winning in the secret place so that a move of God can be sustained. And as I've studied this, look at verse 10. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have prayed, verse 10, I want you to hear me. We have prayed, verse 10, but I believe verse 10, the fullness of it is determined by verse 9. Okay. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This phrase, hallowed be thy name, I think most people just think it means, you know, bless God. Praise the Lord. 
your kingdom come, your will be done. No, it says, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here's what it means. God, make your name holy. That's the literal rendering. So, so, God, make your name holy. Your kingdom come, your will. See, we've been praying your kingdom come, your will be done without asking God to make his name holy. And if we can have a generation that will begin to cry out and ask God to make his name holy in this generation, we will begin to see the full manifestation of his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Now let's break this down for a minute. Asking God to make his name holy. How many people already believe God's holy? Why would we ask God to make his name holy? That's like asking a desk to become solid. That's like asking fire to become hot. Why would we ask God to make his name holy? Are you ready? Because his name is being defiled and profaned in our midst. The name of God is being defiled, defamed, and profaned in our midst. People tell me, God doesn't care about his name, baloney. God doesn't care about his name being taken in vain. God doesn't care that people call themselves Christians and act nothing like Christ. He doesn't care. I've got some news for you scripturally. God does care. People are coining this phrase, a third great awakening in America. Amen, I believe it. I hope you've heard so far today, I want all that God has for this generation. Trust me, I do. But what if I told you the awakening that's coming to this nation Will not, be, will not come because of our prayers, but God will actually come for the sake of his own name. I've not heard this anywhere. Oh. What, what, if, what if we have turned the cry for a move of God into all about us? What if this third great awakening cry has completely become man-centered and we're like saying, God, you better come because we prayed. Let me re read you Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 17. Here's the prophet saying, When they came to the nations where they went, they profaned my holy name. Because it was said of them, these are the people of the Lord, yet they have come out of his land. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations where they went. Therefore, says the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations. To me, this opens up a whole nother realm that we haven't even gone to yet in the body. 
Do you know anybody that's living in sin? Do you know any cities that are being overtaken by darkness? Just had the gay pride parade over in St. Pete. Got a call from a pastor this week up in Canada. They're literally legalizing a law that if your daughter wants to be called a son or a son or daughter, it's illegal. They will take your kids from trying to persuade them otherwise. The pastor's telling me, yeah, we've, we've had all the grace messengers and the goodness messengers and all the holy. He says, we've had all the move of God except for the repentance, except for the holiness except for uh he's like we we what we need is the standard we we need the but beloved what if the move of god that's coming to america has very little to do with you and i and so much to do with god's concern for his own name being profaned and defamed in our nation and there's the greatest outpouring of the holy spirit that's coming as we begin to pray god make your name holy what if that became the prayer over a lost son and daughter? Father, make your name holy in their midst. Put an anointing, put an unction that when someone says God, there's a holy fear and a reverence that comes upon people because God is like no other. He has no equals. To whom can we compare to him? Let's lift up the name of God so much in our life that there's no competition. There's no other lovers that we would esteem him, that we would honor him, that there wouldn't even be a race. It wouldn't be, oh, a little bit of my life and a little bit of his, a little bit of God and a little bit of fun. What if we begin to say, Father, make your name holy in my life. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But the first step is reverence. It's like it's putting God in his rightful place and saying, you are Lord of all. Your kingdom come. Your. Because I'm telling you, if we don't do this, if we don't do this, your, we begin, we begin to operate out of our will and our kingdom upon the earth. I'm convinced that there are many men in many ministries saying they're, they're literally operating in the kingdom of God when all they're doing is building their own empire. And the reason why they're doing this is because they skip verse 9. Father, make your name holy. I'm ready for an intercession set. What if, what if we just took two hours a week to begin to contend over Lakeland, God, make your name holy. See, I've got a word from the Lord that I'm holding on to. He told me the fear of the Lord is going to drive this generation back to church. I'm, 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 not, I'm really not that concerned. People are doing this. Kids grew up in the church, flaking out, doing whatever they're doing. I'm saying, Lord, you are going to release the fear of your name that will send them back into the church. And I'm believing that they're going to find family. I'm believing that they're not going to find dysfunction. I'm believing they're not going to find a bunch of people just slain in the spirit, going through a fire tunnel who can't even figure out how to love their spouse. 
Talk about a next great move of God. God, make your name holy. See, because when he makes his name holy, there's only one right response to live holy. I believe encounters like Isaiah had are going to return to this generation. You know, Isaiah coined the phrase, the Holy One of Israel. It's just so interesting to me. In these meetings and you know, there's laughter and there's joy and there's miracles and the goodness and kindness of God. And it's like we all love it and we want more. You know, I've been in those meetings, but have you ever been in those meetings where the fear of God comes in and no one moves? Like there's such a tangible awareness of how far we really are in nature from him. Could, could we begin to cry out and say, Lord, we want it all? Lord, I'll take the fire that makes me feel good, but I'll take the fire that consumes me. Lord, I'll take the anointing that gets me through for a week, but could we pray for character that will last a lifetime? See, I'll close with this. There's a shaking that's coming to this nation. There's a literal Donald Trump is not the savior of the world. Do you know it is Satan's plan to put the church asleep because he's in office now? There's a shaking coming to this nation. And I'm deeply afraid that when the shaking comes, if we are not rock solid in our faith, if we're not solid in who we are in him, that shaking will derail a last move of God. So I'm looking, I'm in search, I'm praying, I'm interceding, I'm crying out saying, Father, here we are in Lakeland. You're gathering people from Polk County. You're gathering people from the four corners of the earth. You've given us this dream of a ministry school. You've given us this dream of raising up messengers. Lord, could we become a church? Could we become a school of ministry that would worship the God of revelation and not the God of our own imagination? Lord, could we raise up a church that would not be offended by your return because we've been taught about all of who you are? I believe he's going to do it. Do you? Do you believe that we can, his goodness, his kindness, his severity, his judgment, do you believe that we could literally from Genesis to Revelation say, God, I give you my life, I give you my time, I give you my family, but I categorically reject the American dream. I categorically reject the idea that success in life is found in how much is in my bank account. Success in life is how much I can do what I want to do. And when could, could we believe that success in life is loving God with all that we have? Of laying it all at the altar and saying, God, but we're going to have to fight. What are you talking about, brother? It's time to swim upstream. We're going to go the wrong way. They're going to convince us that we're radical, that we're legalistic, that they're too harsh, 
that they don't just understand the culture. The lies are going to come in here. And we're going to have to be rooted. We're going to have to be grounded. We're going to have to say, no, we're not going to worship the God of America. We are going to worship the God of Scripture. We're going to follow the narrow way. We're going to take up our cross and follow the Lord. We're going to preach the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension. We're going to preach the second coming. We're going to preach on his wrath. We're going to preach on hell. We're going to preach on sin. We're going to preach it all. But I feel like the Lord is summoning us. There's a divine summoning that's happening in our community where the Lord is speaking to many of us that have been here for a while. It's time to lock in. It's time to get settled. It's time to get committed. You just can't hang out anymore the way that this place is going. And trust me, hear me, we want everybody, all that none would perish, our hearts as an eldership team. Anyone that wants to come, they can come. But what's happening here, come as you are, will not mean stay as you are. We're talking about a love of the Father that loves us too much to leave us the way that He found us. I'm here to call you higher this morning. I'm here to call you into higher maturity. I'm here to call you to begin to share your story with people around you. Saints in your little pockets right here, look around you. There are people here that need what you have. There's a mighty testimony of deliverance and salvation and healing that literally could unlock someone to step into their divine destiny. There's a rumbling that's coming. There's a shaking. Are we ready? And we say, Lord, have it all. Make your name holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I want to hit delete on all that I think I know about you. New wine can't fit into old wineskins. Saints, the coming move of God might not look like the way that you think it's going to look. Let's not reject this last day's outpouring of fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, it's not going to be about the anointed man or woman of God anymore. It's going to be about the anointed people of God. It's not going to be about platform ministry anymore. It's going to be about you in a prayer room. It's not going to be about big altar calls. It's going to be about you inviting another couple over for din dinner and saying, God, come and meet us. I know so many people, they're looking for something different. Don't give up on God now. Don't throw in the towel. I feel like there's some of you in here, you've thrown in the towel. Been around this and that. Lord's saying, hey, I'm just getting started. You might have tried church, but you haven't tried Jesus. God, come and make your name holy in this place. We magnify the name 
that's above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Lord, I ask that you would drive out compromise in our midst. One generation's compromise is another generation's captivity. Lord, I continue to call upon the mothers and fathers in this room to hold the standard high. Lord, I continue to call on the young people in this room that the best is yet to come. Father, would you unify our hearts in love this morning? Father, would you do something here in Lakeland, something small but something big that would just simply be a part of what's happening all over the globe? Lord, we believe the prophecies that Joel gave, that in the last days you would pour out your Spirit, that the sons and daughters would prophesy, that old men would dream dreams and young men would see visions. Father, I'm asking, I just hear the Spirit of God saying, I am loosing you this day. I am breaking the chains off of your life that want to be normal, that want to fit in. I'm releasing a spirit of conviction. I'm releasing a spirit of might, says God. Will I not stir my people in this hour? Will I not release a last day's outpouring? God, would you come right now and do it? Let's just begin to pray all over this place. Just begin to lift up our voices. If there's something stirring, if there's a, a hunger or an ache, if there's a cavity inside of you, just begin to lift up your voice and say, God, Jesus, Sometimes you don't have words, but you know you're stuck. You know you're a captive. You know you're enslaved to normal. Just begin to lift up your voice and say, God, Jesus, here we are, God, send us. Lord, we don't want to be left out. God, we lift up the lost and dying that are going to go to hell. God, we must do something. Lord, wake us up. Wake us up from our slumber. Wake us up from our nine to five. We've got to get the fire. Your marriage has to get the fire. Your kids have to get the fire. We need an encounter. Don't lay down. You're not a victim. We've got to fight. We've got to fight. <sighs> Sound an alarm. Sound an alarm in this nation. Call the watchmen to the walls. Call the watchmen to the walls. 
Let the intercessors arise. Let the prophets emerge. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Release the urgency of the hour. Our little cookie-cutter Christianity isn't going to do. Our little move of God in a box isn't going to do. Come on, just hear God's heart for you this morning. I want it more than you do. He wants it more than you do. All we've got to do is yield. I feel like the Lord is after marriages in this room. Marriages that carry the fire. And the fire is found in the way we love one another. Fire that's found in the secret place, not putting on our best face at church. God's looking for moms and dads that are going to speak truth to their children. That are not going to bow to their compromise. But are going to call them higher. That are going to love them till the end. God is looking for people that are not married in this room to begin to believe Him for more. Believe Him for a consecrated man or woman. There's more, there's more, there's more. Just grab the hand of the person next to you. Lord, release spiritual hunger in this place. Just pray for your neighbor. I'm talking about hunger that's going to mess you up. I'm talking about hunger that will make you not hungry for lunch. I want you to begin to pray prayers on your neighbor. They're stuck right now. Just pray whatever comes to you. Pray that God would wreck their week. That he'd flip it upside down. That there would be divine encounters. That the power of God would break in. That souls would be one. Come on, let's just take 30 seconds and bombard heaven. Say, God, break in. Favor, anointing, breakthrough.
Come on, get them, God. Get them, God. Pray like it was your family. Pray like eternity was at stake. Come on, get a breakthrough. Get a breakthrough. Break off that depression. Break off that funk. Come on, we've come too far to turn back. We've come too far to turn back. The way is forward. The way is forward. Come on, you can have as much as you want. You can even take it home with you. You can take it to work tomorrow. Come on, the devil is a liar. He can't have your kids. He can't have your marriage. The devil is a liar. Come on, begin to uproot those lies. Begin to speak the truth of God. Begin to call on those seeds that you've sown. Come on, 30 more seconds. Saints, if you've got to go, you've got to go. 
But I'm telling you, this is worth more than you're hungry for food. There's something that the Lord wants to release and do. There's a fresh cavity. There's a fresh capacity. There's an ache and there's a hunger that we need to say yes to. Some of you need breakthrough. Breakthrough in your mind. Breakthrough in your heart. I want you to come down to the altar right now. Some of you need to come down and get your kids back. Some marriages in this room, you need to come and get your marriage back. This is the hour to fight. Some of you are going to feel led to come along somebody else and begin to pray. Begin to contend. You've got to go. I release you to go. We love you. We bless you. If you have a heart to contend, let's just take a few minutes and say, Lord, let's just lift up the name of Jesus. If you're on our prayer team, if you're on our prayer team, come down and let's begin to cover these folks in prayer. Rabadadia Ramon, Deria 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 Ramon,